good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Grace and gratitude. Thank you once again, Larie Shifflett. It was a clear day a number of years ago, and I was on my way to take a flight from Fort Lauderdale, Florida to Los Angeles, California. I was going to go to a spiritual conference that was taking place at the time. And it was a beautiful day. It was, the sky was clear. You know, I figured it was going to be a wonderful ride. And I remember, you know, getting on the plane, and we, we took off, and everything was going normal. And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, the plane just dropped. You know, my hat flew off, rolled down the aisle, and, you know, they got started going back up and getting the altitude again, and the plane dropped again. And this happened several times. Now, probably it was only three or four minutes that it was taking place, but it seemed like an hour. And every time the plane dropped, people on this plane were screaming, and, and uh, you know, I wanted to get up and say, okay, this is enough. You know, go to the cockpit. You know, we've had enough of this. But the only thing I could do at that very moment is start praying the prayer for protection. The light of God surrounds us. And, you know, I was like, you know, I was just praying that over and over again, saying it out loud, trying to just get myself centered in all of this. So finally, we made an emergency landing. And the interesting thing about that emergency landing, when we landed, you know, they had fire rescue and everything there at the time. But the news media showed up even before the fire rescue did. That was very interesting. <laughs> so I remember that as we were walking off the plane, there was one individual who had been on the plane for the very first time. That was the very first plane ride. They were, they were comatose. They couldn't even get out of their seat. <laughs> and I knew things were kind of bad because one of the the passengers was actually an airline pilot. And he said, yeah, I was a little concerned. And Nate knows everything about uh, aerodynamics and, you know, planes and everything. So if he was a little bit concerned, then, you know, it was, it was a scary thing. But one interesting thing is that I watched, you know, the little babies on there. There was a few little kids on there. They slept through the whole thing. It was the adults that were freaking out as we went through that process. But anyway, we did get off the plane, and, and I would have to tell you, 
At that very moment, when I got down, gratitude was a real strong thing in my life. As I was going through that experience, I realized I wasn't thinking about any problems that I thought I had. There was no concerns about my life when we were going through this episode. I was just grateful to be on dry land. I don't know if you ever had, you know, those near experiences where you kind of figure like, oh, this might be the end. But sometimes, you know, when we have those things, at least I know when I do, you know, slowly at first, I began to allow the worries of my life to start creeping into my awareness again. You know, my, my gratitude became somewhat conditional. You know, that's like we, re we trained ourselves and many people have trained themselves to love conditionally. Sometimes we trained ourselves to be grateful only on certain conditions being met, such as I'm grateful when things are going my way. I'm cynical when things are not. But we want to remember those moments when we were just grateful for being alive and keep that in the forefront of our awareness. You know, we want those moments to be a part of us, regardless of the crisis that we are going through or may have just been completed. We want this to be a way of life. We want to have what I call a gravitational or gratitudinal healing, which I'm talking about today, the healing power of gratitude. You know, a gratitudinal healing is about constantly putting gratitude in and as our attitude and to hang in there when the facts of life are not to our liking. There's a statement from 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, the 16th and 17th verse. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I noticed that it didn't say give thanks for all circumstances, but in them. It is what is called, you know, work of the heart. The heart sometimes can see things or feel things or sense things that the mind can't see. It's a discipline of the soul. And oftentimes it takes courage. It takes conviction. It takes commitment to live that way on a day-to-day -day basis. But this was the kind of courage and conviction and commitment that Myrtle Fillmore, who was the co-founder of this movement called Unity, that she had. You know, those who know a little bit about the history of this movement know that it really began with her having what appeared to be at that time a miraculous healing. You know, she had what was called a, a terminal illness at the time. And she blessed and she thanked every organ of her body. She praised the intelligence that was in it. And she was grateful for the life force by thanking the cells in her body. And ultimately, they responded, and a healing took place. But the interesting thing is that the point of the story is not the healing per se, or that she was grateful and she had a demonstration take place in her life. I don't think any of that is the real point. The real point, the real demonstration was the gratitude. The real story was the gratitude and the recognition that the wholeness of the presence, the wholeness of God, the wholeness of what I call the force was in the seeming illness. And she was grateful regardless of what the appearances were as far as the, her surface mind, her limited mind was concerned. And that no matter what, she was always okay because she was surrounded and living and moving and having her beingness in this presence. She was grateful for her life. That's what she was concerned about. 
And the healing, of course, that took place was a bonus that was added on. But that being said, there's a lot of research that's proved that there's a direct link between gratitude and our improved mental health, between gratitude and our physical health and our well-being. You know, nowadays there are a lot of folks that seemingly more than ever, I don't know, maybe it's because people are more open about it, but they're struggling with anxiety. They struggle oftentimes with depression. And oftentimes when we go through that, gratitude may be the last thing on our minds. But however, as it turns out, gratitude can be a key to helping with our mental health. As one study has indicated, participants who wrote gratitude letters regularly displayed significantly better mental well-being than those who did not. In that same work, it showed that there was physical health and well-being as a result of doing that as well. I think this is what we're here to grow into, grow into an awareness of a gratitudinal healing on a daily basis. And when we begin to do that, we see suddenly gratitude springs up in our awareness, and sometimes it shows up in a lot of unexpected ways and in, and in unexpected ways. It reminds me of a man who lived, uh, I think they said in the story, in Budapest, and he went to a minister. I'm going to say it was a unity minister because he was different. And he went to the minister and he was complaining. And he was saying to the minister, life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in this one room. He asked the minister, what can I do? And the minister spun around three times, bowed to the east, put on his turban. He said, you know, he said to him, take your goat and put it in the room with you. And the man was like, that's the best you could do? He was incredulous. But the minister insisted. He said, do as I say, then come back in one week. And a week later, you know, the man comes back. He's looking even more distraught than before he came and saw the minister in the first place. And he said to the guy, I can't stand this. We can't stand this. The goat is dirty. It's filthy. It stinks. And then the minister said, well, now go home and let the goat out and then come back in a week. And a week later, the man came back, and this time he's radiant. He's happy. He's joyous. He's very, very grateful and says, we're so happy now. Life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute of it because there is no goat, and there's only nine of us in the room. <laughs> Understand, the conditions had not changed. Hadn't changed at all, but he had a gratitudinal healing. A shift took place. You know, I think I've talked about a couple of weeks ago the idea of sometimes when we're putting our energy or our weight on one foot and we're putting all our attention on that, that if we want to kind of shift our perspective to put our weight on the other foot. You know, and gratitude sprang from this man because at that moment he thought there was no reason to be grateful. But in that situation was an opportunity to have an attitude of gratitude. I think what happens when we transform and transcend the surface mind, of our human mind, and focuses sometimes on all the things that are wrong in life, all the things maybe that we have not accomplished yet, all the things that are not quite 
working out the way we think they should. When we develop, you know, a connection with that soul force, a yoga of the soul to, to rise above that limited thinking, we stretch into a new awareness because gratitude takes us there. I think as we're practicing this kind of discipline, you know, our reactive mind may react, and it does it all the time, pretty often. And oftentimes it sends out a lot of tension of disbelief about how life is. But we can breathe through it anyway. And we can allow gratitude to kick in. And when that happens, it expands our perspective, and that perspective lasts, and it lasts, regardless of the circumstances that we seem to victimize us. I say seem to victimize us, because we're really never victims. We're, sometimes we're volunteers. You know, we're, but we see it as victimization. But those who have practiced gratitude at this level have come to the point where they are no longer using it to let God give them something or try to get God to give them something. He said, that says, okay, and I'll be grateful, and then I know I'll get something from this universe. Instead, they are hanging out in gratitude, and they're celebrating their existence in and as an energy and expression of the presence of God. They're celebrating their life. So we're no longer waiting to live life or waiting for external conditions to change or to take place outside of us. We're not waiting for some kind of improvement before we become grateful. You know, the reality is we can't improve upon life. You know, the essence of life is the same yesterday and day forever. It's an energy. But it doesn't mean that conditions cannot improve for us. They can but we don't want to wait to feel the aliveness. We don't want to wait to feel the joy and the ecstasy and the bliss and the beauty and all the qualities that are already within us. We're just waiting for them to be activated. No, right now, we want to feel it even before the conditions change. If we live with that feeling tone, with that kind of gratitude, we discover, yes, circumstances do change. Life does get better. It does begin to improve, but we will not wait holding back on life until such action happens. You know, I, I talked to, was talking, I was talking to someone about, you know, having that gratitude regardless of what things go through right now. And they, they said, I'm a little frightened to do this because if I do, you know, because I, I think I might be sending the universe a mixed message. The universe might be thinking, well, if, you know, you send life energy that says, uh, you know, about how alive I am and, you know, how grateful I am before I get what I think I want, then God's going to think that I'm all right with things right as they are, and I won't get anything more. And I said, no, it doesn't really work like that. That doesn't work like that. The law is basically this. The spiritual law is this. The law corresponds by responding to the nature that is already within us now. You've got to feel the aliveness. You've got to feel it. You know, there's a song that goes out, said, you, don't, you know, it ain't got, and how does it go now? Let me think, let me see. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Remember hear that? Well, I think there's another phrase that I've come up with. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that feeling. You've got to feel it right now. Sometimes people walk through life in a particular mode, and they block their gratitude. 
And they walk through the world being kind of cynical, constantly looking for at life through, you know, a limited lens and wondering and looking at what's wrong. And they turn their, their sight around so that it only feeds back to them all the things that are going wrong in life. You know, I have a family member whose name will remain anonymous to protect the guilty. <laughs> Sometimes I'm there with him and, you know, he's always talking about how life isn't working out. How when things go wrong, it's always somebody else's fault. And who was wrong and who did it? And they never fully participate in life because they're cynical about everything. They don't trust God. They don't trust the universe. They don't trust themselves. And they have developed a mental habit of talking to themselves about how everything is wrong. But be aware that that kind of cynicism, that kind of chronic complaining is always looking for what's wrong in life. And it's only a habit. It's a habit that sometimes we tell ourselves about, you know, over and over again till it becomes a way of life. It becomes a point of view. You know, it's, it's a mental energy. And as I like to say, it's your, it's, it's your tood dude that's putting you in that mood. <laughs> it's putting you in that mood. It's that tood. But here's the thing. Cynicism and gratitude cannot truly occupy the same mental household for long. You know, it's very, very difficult. I would say it's impossible to be cynical and laugh and f at the same time. You can't laugh and frown at the same time. I try to do it. I don't know. I'd like to see somebody try to laugh and be frowning at the same time. It can't be done. So there's only one way we can focus our attention at any given time. And those who are cynics never fully participate in life. You know, they never come into their full power. And gratitude becomes something they place a hold on until something turns out right. So even if something turns out right, even if it does, according to what they think right is at any given moment, it may still turn out wrong. They really can never receive the blessing because it's coming through a limited view of life, a, a small lens, and it's not large enough for the good of spirit to come through. You know, there was a, a young man, I think his name was Chuck. We'll call him Chuck. And he was one of those cynics about life. He was a chronic complainer. And I always like to say when we are chronic complainers, we're really saying in so many words, I can't see God. I can't see the good. And Chuck could never find within himself to be grateful. And he was blocking the receiving of the blessings that were always in front of him. But Chuck had a good friend. His good friend was named Bob. And one day, you know, Bob's wife called up Chuck and said, Chuck, Bob just, you know, had a heart attack. He's okay right now. But I'm not, a, I mean, I'm, I got some news I need to give him, but I'm a little afraid to give it to him because, you know, it might send him back into that same state. And what I would need to let him know, he just won the lottery. But I don't want to tell him that because I don't want him to keel over, you know, from the news. And he asked Chuck, well, Chuck, can you help me? And Chuck said, well, I'll be right over. Let me, let me talk to Bob. I've known him for a long time. So he said, you know, Bob, I want you to imagine that you just won $2 million. What would you do with it? 
And Bob said uh, to Chuck, say, Chuck, uh, I know you've been going through some hard times. Uh, you've been struggling. I'd give most of it to you. <laughs> and Chuck keeled over him and had a heart attack. <laughs> I think because of his cynicism about life, him being a chronic complainer, and having a consciousness of ungratefulness, he could not receive the blessing that was there for him. I think when we step into the realm of gratitude, we make ourselves available to the blessings that sometimes we say it's just too big for us to imagine. You know, gratitude keeps us pliable. It keeps us receptive. It keeps us absolutely yielding and available to the blessings to pour and to pour and to pour into our life. But if we're cynical and have complaints and a negative mindset, it keeps us brittle. It keeps us controlling, sometimes keeps us even manipulative. So even if something good is trying to get through, we'll block it. We'll mess it up anyway. We'll sabotage it. So we want to become and have a gratitudinal healing with the awareness that our life is always the life of God, that we're one in this presence. So just for a moment, just for a moment now, you know, just right here, just think about a time that you were truly grateful. It could be anything in your life. It could be something recent or ancient and feel that vibration of what gratitude is, what that thankfulness is, what graciousness is and breathe into that. And you're breathing into that and you're breathing into the realization that gratitude is a principle just as love and joy and givingness is a principle of the spirit of the living God. You know, there's a God energy and, and we want to be grateful to be alive, awake and aware and, and gratitude becomes our way of being. And just at the same time, we want to be aware of times maybe where we put gratitude on hold maybe where we've consciously blocked the flow. And just as the experience in our awareness where we have blocked the flow and we realize that at that moment we can re-choose right now, make a new choice, put our weight on the other foot, so to speak. As it says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. And as God or mammon, the infinite or limitation, God or fear, where will we place our attention? Because in this space, we're choosing the presence of God. We're giving ourselves a gratitudinal healing and washing our soul, cleansing our soul, purifying our soul on a daily basis. It is a work of the heart. And it's to have the discipline and the courage to be grateful and embody the energy of gratitude as much as we can. And we will witness or as they say, bear witness as we become grateful, we become a bigger place for more of God and good to shine through us. Expressions of creativity becomes our way of being. It becomes our reason to be here. So we don't be afraid of the power that's trying to come through us. When we're grateful, we're not afraid of our greatness. When we're grateful, we're not afraid of the beauty and the love that's seeking to try and express itself through our heart. When we're grateful, we don't put life on hold. 
waiting for conditions to be just right. We're standing sometimes when we do that on the outside, looking in. No, what we want to do is jump right on in, be grateful, and then watch what happens. Because that good is already happening all of the time. It's just trying to happen through us. And that happens when we have a gratitudinal healing. So have a gratitudinal healing today. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh